Hello, everybody. You're probably thinking, hmm, Travis sounds different today. And yes, I'm currently getting over a slight cold from last week, and I'm actually not Travis. My name is Finner, and I'm currently interning with the amazing team here at Fool and Scholar Productions. And I'm here today to tell you about the last city. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. A geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors like Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Torado, and Maury Sterling. You can follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. A big thanks to Wondery for supporting shows like The White Vault. And now, on with the scheduled programming. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. The following documents and recordings are the eighth installment in a compilation detailing the events the repair team sent out post Freestead, consisting of Dr. Rosa Della Torre, Walter Heath, Graham Kasner, Dr. Karina Schumacher Weiss, and Jonas Thorninson. In the winter months, gale storms in Svalbard can reach wind speeds of 130 km per hour. Accompanied by or following snowfall, such storms can reduce visibility dramatically more so in the winter months of the polar night. During these storms, travel is not advised. The White Vault installment, the assessment and repair team awake to find the scratching sound has not returned, but they still face a storm, an opened box, and the questions ahead. This first document comes from the logs of Mr Heath's personal camcorder. Is it on? Yeah. Yes, I can't feel my toes. What's going on? The power? My laptop isn't charging, the transmitter's not turning on, and fucking heat is not working. We should wake up Kastner, yeah? Don't look at me. I'll do it. Just get some coffee started. The stove is gas. Oh, heat. Never north of Aberdeen, I said. Never again, I said. Oh, give me that if you're going to be childish about it. Go warm up. Kastner, Rosa, wake up. Something is wrong with the power. I see frío. Puedo ver mi aliento. Coffee started. Uh, Coffee works. 
When did the power go out? We... Uh, we don't know. We woke up and it was already like this. It's only seven right now and I went to sleep at around four. It was working at four. Go warm up. Collect blankets, coats, everything. Bring them to the common room. Mind your ankle. Should we get these nozzles on? Only if you're coming outside with me. Feel that. Space heater is still slightly warm. Power died maybe less than an hour ago. Still a hell of a lot warmer in here than out there. Where's Heath? In here with coffee. Hot coffee. Suit up. You're coming out with me. We need to check the generator. We could use a windbreak and a light holder if anyone else would join. This was a mistake. Fine. I'll join you. Go first. Warm up my hands. Everything is collected. What about in the meantime? What if the generator does not get fixed? Go in the supply closet. The one next to the shower. On the bottom, in a sack, there's some coal. Bring it out. I'll get it. For the old heater? Does it still work? It looks older than the bunker. As long as the stove pipe can be cleared, it will work. And it's better than nothing. Water. Is the transmitter okay? It's not working. Since the system is pretty complex, it requires more power. I can switch it back over to the reserve research batteries, but once the power is back on and it all boots up, all systems should return to normal on their own. God. Yes. Here's the call. Give, give me the matches. So, while that's starting to defrost my skin, who wants ice-cold frozen carrots and bread hard enough to break your teeth on? If we can get the, uh, generator working, we can get everything back on. Walter, Rosa, get your suits on. Jonas, Karina, keep an eye on the coal heater and try to heat up something with more calories than coffee, huh? There is a slight pause, but the camcorder resumes recording shortly after. Mr. Heath and Dr. Della Torre have donned their snowsuits alongside Mr. Kasner and are ready to go outside to assess the generator. Okay, I have the general tool set. If we need anything else, I can come in and grab it. Do you have the shotgun? Yes. Is it always necessary? Yes. Those sounds last night woke us all up. The shotgun is coming. Regardless of the sounds last night, the shotgun is coming. This way around. Let's head back in. 
Oh, yes, please. This isn't good. The marks? The cord. It's not ripped or chewed or shredded. It's cut. No bear did this. Let's get inside. The following video was taken from the phone of Dr. Schumacher Weiss. The camera is shaking, accounting for the cold temperatures, but she's also shivering regardless of the layers of clothes and blankets she wrapped around herself. Her face is growing pale and her eyes are sunken, as though she has not rested in some time. Mr. Thornison can be seen in the background working at the stovetop. Hey Rolf. Yeah, my Hey Rolf. Today we're in a power outage and I'm freezing my ass off. Walter, Kassner and Rosa went out to see what is going on with the generator. For now, Jonas and I got to wait in the coal-heated warmth of the tiny kitchen common space. The coal heater does not reach far, but it certainly helps. Very old-fashioned. It makes me think back of the old trains. Those old pictures of the Anhalter Bahnhof your father once showed us over coffee in his library. Remember? Karina, uh, would you like some mashed potatoes? Uh, what, for breakfast? Powdered potatoes, hot water, hot mashed potatoes. All that's hot, currently. Yeah, if so, I would very much like some potatoes. Ich habe über das Kratzen nachgedacht. Es ist eine Warnung oder eine Drohung. Egal was von beiden es ist, wir sollten es... I have thought of the scratching sound. It is a warning or a threat. Whichever it is, we should heed it. We need to go, but the storm is locking us here. I cannot explain my feeling in any rational way. Not to myself and certainly not to others. Oh, danke. Uh, uh, thanks, sorry. Uh, damn, this is hot. Good, though. I take strength in my ability to think rationally as a member of the scientific community. But this cannot all be in my head. The figure, the drum, the water, the dreams, the shadows, the recordings, the sound, the person I saw last night. I'm not fooled by a trick of the eye. I'm not suffering from my head injury. Some may be small, small dots floating past my vision, but others are not. I am a woman of my mind, and my mind and reason tell me to flee into the dark white night of Svalbard and far from this place. We need to leave. Karina, are you alright? We need to leave, Jonas. We need to go. Mr. Heath's camera is turned back on shortly after the out team re-entered the bunker. Is it fixable? How's the storm? Karina, lay down. You're pale as ice. No! Walter, tell me now! What's going on? Uh, um, we found the problem. It's something I can fix. I just need to grab a few replacement pieces for the generator. No, I, I don't buy that. There's more. Tell me the whole truth. We deserve to know. We're all stuck out here. Karina, please. Take a deep breath. You're shaking. Because it's fucking cold. Tell me, Walter. The part that's damaged, it's a clean cut. Like the kind done with a sharp tool, not the teeth of an animal, not the wear and tear of the wind. So there is something. And the noise, the scratching from last night, was something dislodged? No. So there was nothing? No, there are marks, scores on the bunker. What kind of marks? 
Big ones, like a bear. Deep into the concrete. And a lot bigger than I would have thought a bear's would go. No. Stop saying no without explanation, Graham. No, they weren't made by a bear. How can you tell? They look large and bear-like to me. They aren't. What animal could it have been, then? I'm telling you, Jonas, they looked like bear. Big strikes of scratches all in a row, carved down into the concrete more than half an inch. It's not bear. How do you know? There aren't many types of things that choose to live out here in shit and Svalbard. Only thing I can think of is a bear. Only thing that could have made those marks. Because bears don't have fucking thumbs, Heath. Thumbs? What? Look back at your tape. The polar bear marks should have four parallel tracks, sometimes five. Out there, there were four parallel tracks, and a fifth set off from the others, angled a thumb. Wait. Shit. Mr. Heath promptly ended his recording. An educated guess would be he rewound the tape to view the video that may still have been intact at that time. The next form of documentation comes from Mr. Jonas's cell phone, though the audio quality is poorer than those recordings on Mr. Heath's laptop and camcorder, the transmissions recorder, or the phone of Dr. Schumacher Weiss, due to the old outdated model of the phone. Hi, Mr. Bird. It's Puppy. Hello, girls. It's Dad. I'm still out in Svalbard. You won't get this message until I get back to town, but I wanted to tell you about an adventure. Do you know where Svalbard is? It's even further north than Iceland, up above the very top of Norway. It sits in the Barents Sea. Do you remember where the Barents Sea got its name? Think about it for a while if you've forgotten. It's about minus 17 degrees outside, but we are in a bunker here in the snowy wildlands of Svalbard, just south of a national park. The bunker is chilly, maybe about 7 degrees right now, but we lit a little coal fire and we have lots of warm jackets. Our intelligent technician is looking to fix our generator so we can get warm again soon. So, do you remember where the Barents Sea got its name? Willem Barents was the Dutch explorer who sailed all around the northern seas and discovered this very island I am on now. There's a town here named after him, too. Though, I'm not there. I, I hope you've not been giving your mother too much trouble. I, I expect to see top marks on your school assignments when I get home. I know you're both capable of that and so much more. I look forward to spending a great day with both in celebration of your birthday. I have a few fun ideas, but you will both have to decide which you'd like. I miss and love you dearly. The following recording is again from the camcorder of Mr. Heath. Not a lot of charge left. Here we go. We're back outside and just finished fixing the cut cable on the generator. As you can see here, here, Rosa. Hold the wire for a moment. Hurry! Walter, the wind out here steams! Yes, as you can see here, the wire was cut in two. Kasner is convinced it was not an animal or wear from the weather, and I honestly agree, it's a clean cut. And the marks! How much longer? I'm done, we can go back in. Did you restart the generator? Ah, no. Well done. Now for inside and hot food. 
important question. What then? What could make marks that deep? Rosa, please come quick. Something's wrong with Karina. Shit. Where? Karina. Karina. Hi, Karina. What's wrong? Does your head hurt? Karina? I tried that. She, she won't get up. Karina, this is Rosa. I'm going to move you to the couch, okay? We're going to move slowly, and I'm going to check your head. Jonas, do you know what she's been saying? I, uh, I, I don't speak German. I'm sorry. Karina, Karina, if something is wrong, please tell me in English. Karina, please. What's wrong? I don't know. I, w I was making coffee and recording a message for my daughters, and when I turned around, she was sitting on the floor, rocking. How long ago? Maybe five minutes before you turned the power back on. What is she saying? I, I don't really speak German. Don't look at me. Graham, do you speak German? German? Enough to order a drink. Listen, then. Any idea what she's saying? It's repeating. Uh, maybe when you see that, see it you as well. More likely, when you see it, it sees you as well. There's more, but I don't know those verbs. You, something, that, that, something you as well. Karina, Karina, can you look at the light? Karina, I'm going to look at your eyes. Just look at the light, okay? It's warming up in here. Slowly, though. Uh, does she need anything? Jonas, what's for breakfast? Is she eating? Uh, um, more potatoes. Mashed. She, she had a small plate earlier. I was going to cook up some more as well. I'll help. Where's the charger? The camcorder was shut down. I translated the words spoken by Dr. Schumacher Weiss to the best of my abilities. Here is what I believe it to say. When you see it, it sees you, too. When you hear it, it hears you, too. When you feel it, it touches you. When it calls you, it has you. The next available documentation comes as a field report by Mr. Kasner. This morning, when the team awoke around 0700, the power to the bunker at Outpost Freestead was non-operational. Upon testing the space heaters, which were still warm, we determined the power only recently failed. We were able to utilize the old coal-burning heater in the common area to warm that small section of the bunker, but the bunker had dropped into the single digits. Promptly thereafter, Mr. Heath, Dr. De La Torre and I went outside to determine the problem with the generator. While outside, we were able to find a clue to the loud scratching noises that awoke us last night between the times of 0100 and 0200. On the wall of the bunker were five distinct and deep scratch marks in the pattern most associated with a scratching hand. Mr. Heath believed it to be the result of a polar bear, but later retracted his statement when I informed him that the bear claw marks do not usually present with thumbs, the fifth mark. When we checked the generator, we found it was damaged, though the problem was one Mr. Heath could easily fix with spare parts here at the station. 
He set about doing so after we went back inside to report our findings and get the needed items. I am concerned with the manner of damage to the generator cord. The cord, which I have with me now in the bunker, is a standard heavy power cord with a thick insulating rubber coating. The rubber around the disconnection is not gnawed nor damaged in any way that affects the rest of the cord other than the perfect cut. The cord has some general wind damage and a layer of dirt, but I can think of no other explanation for its severance than the swift, strong application of a sharp knife. Additionally, Dr. Schumacher Weiss's condition appeared to have deteriorated to some degree. When we returned to the bunker after repairing the generator, she was in some kind of state, on the floor and repeating something to herself. Unfortunately, none of us speak German fluently. Dr. De La Torre is checking her and monitoring her now. I grow more concerned as the storm lingers. I can think of no animal from Svalbard that is capable of making the deep scratches in the cement last night. And as far as the cord is concerned, who cut it? I don't want to jump to irrational conclusions, but I will take appropriate action and precaution from here on out. The following comes from the phone of Dr. Schumacher Weiss. So, Karina has been saying things for a while, but recently they have changed. She is not repeating anymore, so this is a recording of her, I guess. She stays in this state. Maybe a recording of what she's saying could be of importance later. Stimmt, die Geräusche, die waren da und ich habe sie gehört. Wenn ich es gehört habe, dann hat es mich auch gehört. Es hat mich gehört. Das hier, das weiß ich jetzt und ich werde es wissen, wenn es wieder... The whisper, the noise was there and I heard it. If I heard it, it heard me. It hears me. It's here. I know it now. And I'll know when it comes by again. It did in the night, after it woke us all and the others regained their trust in the black night and the pleasures of sleep so quickly. I stayed waking and watchful, worried for what I think I know now, what I saw and watched. But I do not think I was awake, as I could not move nor warn the others. I fell back. Was I asleep? I must have been. In exhaustion, it must have overcome me without knowledge or foresight. And perhaps it was all some vivid nightmare. Nightmare. I was awake in my sleep, awake in my dream. I sat in a chair, my book in my hand. It was so true to reality. Walter snores. Did she say my name? Shh. The black stood, loomed in its corner, raised a finger, bony, blackened arm at me. But Walter... I know I heard my name. With unspoken treachery and awful grace it turned, walking with lurching steps around the corner and beyond my side. A tail of leather darker than tar, the last to leave my side. And then I woke up, the chill of the air biting me, and the others were waking around me. My nightmare, so distant, but now so quickly upon me. It looks like she has reverted back to the repeating. Karina, Karina, please look at me. 
What do you want us to do, Rosa? Physically, she looks fine, though a bit frightened. If she's suffering from confusion or headaches after the fall, I'll be keeping an eye on her to make sure no other pressing physical problems arise. Could you give me the monitor? I want to observe her heart rate. Sometimes the confusion can cause panic. Yes, I'll, I'll be back soon. The phone is still on. Oh. The following comes from the personal digital writings of Mr. Heath. We had to restore power to the bunker earlier this morning. It was a frightening reminder of how close we are to the deadly cold of the outside world and whatever left those marks in the wall. Something is wrong with Karina, and we're all worried for her. Rosa says that concussions can lead to confusion, headaches, and people can start to act more irritable. Karina is acting scared, speaking mostly in German. I've nothing against anyone here speaking what they speak, but as none of us have a functional use of the German language, and we are concerned with her attempts to communicate, if she's in pain, I wish she would let us know. Rosa is monitoring her. We all are, truly. The bunker is still warming back up, so none of us have left the common room. Since we bunkered down in the bunker with coffee and some bland oatmeal and potatoes, we've addressed some questions that have been scratching at my mind. Same for the others, I've found. We don't know who cut the power line. Jonas is apprehensive to believe anyone did, but Kasna seems completely convinced. The scratches are also a difficult topic and one with no answers. At least none the others want to voice aloud. Most of our frustrations are aimed at nature and the goddamn never-ending storm. As far as everyone is concerned, they've never seen anything like it. I had a question of my own, one that I think the others forgot due to their lack of close proximity with the transmitter, but who programmed it? Who broke it? That signal it sent out is built in, programmed, and the broken equipment I was called out to fix was simple bullshit. Simple, like cutting the wire to a generator. We spoke again briefly on other things, Jonas once again understandably defensive when we asked about the tunnel to the town beneath the ice. He doesn't know why the tunnel is there, and none of us know what the town is there for. Someone lived there, stuck under that ice, people with the knowledge to make carvings and sick, horrific boxes filled with fucking teeth and hearts. Bringing it up again sent a chill down my back, even wrapped in the many layers I refused to remove. It's still here, sitting in a baggie not four yards from me, hiding inside a flimsy drawer. Who puts a heart in a box with teeth? Who puts a heart in a box on the ground? What's in all the other boxes? What's the big building for? Shit, I don't want to know. I want to leave. The following recording comes from the built-in recorder from the transmitter. Yes. Be right there. I just want to check to make sure everything is working since the power cut. Deal. He'll be back by his turn. Are you reporting again? You know the answer to that question. Fine. Keep a record. But hurry up. There are several hours of recorded audio of the team playing cards, drinking coffee, complaining of the cold, and monitoring Karina. Then, this... you bluff with a pair of fives? Don't complain. We're not even playing for bets. Well played, Jonas. Oh, I could have beat you. Why did I fall? 
I'll reshuffle. Is there more coffee? I think there's... What? Shit. Spike the transmitter's recorder hard. Wait, static? Wait, Karina? Walter, Walter, siehst du das? Me? What? Karina, Karina, I need you to speak English, please. Karina, English. Oh. Um, hello, bitter English, danke. Did, did you see it? Ah, yes, I mean, no, I didn't see anything. Karina, I was at the radio. Rosa, she's speaking English again. Rosa! Karina, are you okay? Rosa, did, did you see it? Rosa, see it? The door is closed again. Jonas hadn't latched it properly. The, the dark, from the sleep. Black, black and skinny. Blurry? Fast. It's okay if you don't have your memories back from the incident, Karina. It's okay for you to feel confused. Please, remember to speak in English if you need to tell us something. None of us speak German well enough to know what's wrong. My evidence is lacking credibility. I think she's just confused. She spoke about what she said she saw the day she fell. Anything new? She says the thing that attacked her was fast. This... This is Walter Heath at Outpost Freestead, approximately 33 kilometers northeast of Neolison, south of the borders of the National Park. I'm reaching out for seizure group and possible rescue services in Neolison. Our team has completed the needed repairs. A storm has stranded us here for nearly two weeks. Looking for confirmation and assistance. Anyone, please respond. I'm sleeping in here tonight. It's still freezing in the other room. Yeah, not a bad idea. Anyone hear that? Never mind. So, who's ready for dinner? This concludes those documents related to the day the team lost power to their bunker. This completes the eighth collection of information regarding the repair team at Outpost Freestead. The White Vault. five minutes. A transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. 
The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.